It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year Hello and welcome to episode 295 of section 138 I'm your host Mark Colley as always joined by Bryson and Jacob, and we've got a special guest with us on the podcast. We've got Josh. He's not just a guest, but he's joining us now as a permanent co-host on the podcast. It's part of our attempted solution to get uh, episodes out more regularly and make this uh, this podcast a little bit more exciting and consistent in the future. So welcome to all of you, especially Josh. Guys, how are you? What's up, guys? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, making my debut after... Uh much trouble with uh, the tech over here but uh you know we're rolling now ready to go uh, i'm excited to join the boys here love what you guys have been doing uh for the last couple of years and excited to get going yeah you know what uh we can just chalk that up as like a demo episode josh because we did as you were saying we did try and get one out before uh the good news is nothing has really changed in terms of news with this team but of course the same result uh i guess we can t- as we talked about last time when we tried to record we can talk about again today with just kind of the i how devastating it did feel uh with the fallout of of course the Shohei Otani sweepstakes and uh of course we're here today to talk about what is next for this team and see it's almost it's weird cuz we recorded w- uh that attempt i think it was like a week ago and so that was already like 4 or 5 days after the Otani stuff and now i'm like Shohei Otani, who I don't even care about this guy anymore. Like, nah, he's enough. old news. Stop at this it. Point. Not me. Stop <laughs> it. Like, I'm I'm sad, but like at the same time, I'm like, all right, let's whatever, let's let's uh let's move on from him. Yeah, but that's your obviously we still have to talk about him. But yeah, you're easygoing, Jacob. Like you you can move on. Like they did not me. Like the Dodgers and me have a rivalry for life now. I've always hated them, and this just uh, boosted it a little more. So excited to talk about them for sure. I'll- all Jacob needs is his Pokemon, and he's fine. Hey, okay. I don't, I don't know why we're bringing that up on the pod. Speaking of, actually, no, we're not, we're not getting involved in that. Okay. To get Anyways, back on track, what we, <laughs> what we do want to talk about is, of course, we all know the drama that happened with Flight N616RH <laughs> with Robert Herjavec flying into Toronto with it being the most track plane in the world with John Morosi saying that Shohei Otani is on his way to Toronto. And then Bob Nightingale saying Shohei Otani is not on his way to Toronto. He is not on a plane. He is at his home in Southern California. We all know all that drama. And then of course, ultimately the $700 million deal he got with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the $680 million that are deferred over 10 years after his contract for luxury tax purposes. But what we need to talk about is what the Blue Jays missed out on and whether we blame this on the Blue Jays if there is some level of they should have offered more um, or if this kind of just was the predetermined outcome, which I think is what most people see this as now. Shohei Otani wanted to go to the Dodgers from day one and he went to the Dodgers and everything else was just show and games and having other teams involved for leverage purposes. So... The report that we'll start with is from Jeff Passan. He reported that when Los Angeles offered the $700 million, $680 million of which was deferred to Otani, per Passan, the structure triggered quick approval from the Dodgers. Unbeknownst to them, Nez Bolello, Otani's agent, then proposed the same deal to at least three other teams. 
the Giants, the Blue Jays, and the Angels. The Giants and the Blue Jays agreed to the terms. The Angels were also given a chance, but sources said they ultimately declined. So from what it sounds like, the Blue Jays and the Giants were offering the exact same deal that the Dodgers had on the table, and Otani just chose to go to Los Angeles. Um, That seems to be the ultimate resting point of these contract negotiations. We've heard a lot. That seems to be the baseline. With that in mind, do you hold the Blue Jays accountable? Are you frustrated with the Blue Jays for not being able to get this deal over the finish line? Or do you see it as, like I said, I think most people see it, that this was kind of a foregone conclusion that Otani wanted to stay in Los Angeles with the Dodgers and everything else was just noise. That's how I view it. I'm curious what you guys think. Well, I'll be honest. I don't know how you can be mad at the Blue Jays for this. Like, yes, it it did suck. And that Saturday, um, I don't know about you, but I'm sure we all kind of had the same thing. I opened Instagram. Friday? No, no, on Saturday. Oh, when he announced it, yeah. uh, I'm thinking, who the hell posted a picture of the Dodgers logo? And then I look, I'm like, oh, uh oh, it's Otani. And then I'm reading through it. And then uh, just that the rest of that day, I was just uh, very void of emotions. Like, I was very sad. I'm not going to lie. In the moment. But the Blue Jays were never supposed to be in this position to even acquire Otani. And then they make this big push. Some sources say that it was close. Like he was there. I mean, I've I've heard some reports that um, that uh, the the agent or Otani's agent was the one that said, "Oh, he's on route to Toronto." So then everybody was saying, "Oh, you know, let's, he's, he's going to Toronto." Let's all track. Let's say no, no, no. Speculation but what I'm is, that his agent leaked hmm. that information. Yeah, Pure speculation. No one's reporting it. No, no. What I'm getting at is, yeah, people are are like are saying these things. Uh, Perhaps the Blue Jays were as close as it as they were suggesting, and then the Dodgers came in, swooped in. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into that, but the Blue Jays they made a big push. They had him in Dunedin. They basically spent their whole winter meetings trying to get him. Ultimately, fell short. But it's not like you can get mad at at them for not getting him. Like they weren't supposed to be in this position. I'm not saying that that's you know a good excuse. Like oh, too bad, whatever. It's not like you're supposed to get him anyways. But they made a push, uh, and ultimately it was Otani's decision like it those last two three days it was what did Otani want it's not this team offered me better this team had a, a better chance to win I mean maybe you can argue that but at the end of the day Shohei Otani chose the Los Angeles Dodgers regardless of how good of a push the Blue Jays made for him yeah I mean when I talk about or when we talk about all of that stuff in terms of if it was used for leverage or whatnot I had two conclusions the last time we tried uh, to get it out, and I think it's more the other one now, where it was he used the Blue Jays for leverage, or he used the Blue Jays for leverage, and then the Dodgers got scared, and it was more of a panic move of them kind of upping their offer and taking this um, really to the finish line. And I think it's more this the second one now, where as much as it wasn't reported like you were talking about, Mark, I firmly believe in my own opinion that this was exactly their plan when you look back on it in terms of using them for leverage. You know, as much as it may have seemed like he was close or um, the Blue Jays were a close finalist to this, I think this was all executed perfectly from their side. And I think that it ultimately worked out because I think they knew that doing all this in terms of going to Dunedin and everything like that. And of course, I'm sure he wanted to take a look for it himself. I'm not saying it was purely, you know, directed for leverage, but I think a part of it was he was using leverage enough to scare the Dodgers um, that they were going to up their offer and, of course, kind of just keep them in the dark. And, you know, and it, it sounds like from what the Dodgers were saying as well or what the reports were saying as of that Friday night, late that Friday night, there still wasn't an exact word from Otani's camp about what he was doing. So 
it just went when you look back on it now over a week later it just for me it, it it all lines up perfectly that this was exactly what happened of course i could be wrong it just for me i get a sour taste of how that all happened in terms of you know the possibility that he was using this team for leverage and i know you know it, it's not necessarily the organization's fault i mean they did everything they could they did host him for a visit they did everything they could in terms of show the interest and match the offer you were talking about the report mark prior to um or when you were introducing this so the money was there everything was there it was just that this was something that it might have already been predetermined with otani always wanting to stay in la and go to the dodgers and you know i just i find it also silly that he was having an introductory press conference to the la media because uh, that's how they were kind of labeling it when he's already been in LA for six years. I get it that he's ch- he's changed teams. It just felt like yeah, it was just a very weird. Um, I don't know. I just found it all weird with that. But I mean, you can't get mad at the organization for those reasons that they tried. However, the media portrayal that is a completely different story. And I'm not here to harp on anybody's credibility or work. But I mean, what a letdown uh, in terms of what we what we were told. I don't know. I just going back to that whole report about him being on the plane. I don't know who the information came from. I just I wonder how that all played out in terms of how accurate maybe he John Morosi thought it was or you know I know we're never going to know but who the heck told him that he was I it's just bizarre knowing that how that all played out and for me my gut was telling me as much as it had nothing to do with the pl- the process of how it played out when it turned out that it was not Shohei Otani on that plane, for some strange reason, my optimism of the Blue Jays landing him really plummeted. So I don't. I, again, I know that's completely unrelated. It was just kind of my gut talking to me about that, but it's just devastation because of the media portrayal of how close they truly were, and then afterward, just the sour taste as well from John Heyman about just harping on the you know. And I guess everybody else from the media about how you know, no offense to Toronto, but this is good for baseball. This is something where. You know, this is a hockey town, and other than the Maple Leafs, we don't really, the, you know, the baseball world doesn't really see the Blue Jays as a major market. So we've had to deal with that entire fallout as well, where it just gives the media more and more leverage in terms of always harping on Toronto whenever they can get the chance. Because it felt like for the longest time, besides a couple other people, people could not, in, in the media, get over the fact that the Blue Jays were right there in terms of how close it was of Otani coming here. Again, we don't know how true it was, but they were definitely among the finalists. You can't rule that out. For me, though, I still think that this was a predetermined move for leverage. It just sucks how it all played out. Uh, I I think you you really can't blame the Blue Jays franchise, and I'm one that's been very harsh on management here in Toronto. Uh, You know, yes, I want to see change. I'm frustrated. It's been two years of disappointment for a team that's had uh, championship, uh, you know, hopes. Uh, but to me, this is just the classic Dodgers. And um, I want to give a shout out to Naden in uh, our Discord chat, my boy. Uh, he said that, you know, it's easier rooting for teams like the Padres. And, you know, I think that's dead accurate. So what I decided to do is to join the bandwagon over in San Diego. I decided to <laughs> join the Padres in hope of beating the Los Angeles Dodgers this coming upcoming season. That's how much I've been on this Dodgers. podcast for five minutes <laughs> and you're already jumping on the bandwagon of no, another no, no. team. Pod Jays, buddy. Remember like when the all-star game, they had that like little pod Jays thing going. So you know what? I'm supporting the boys in San Diego. They're an NL team. We don't see them very often. So yeah, but anyways, that's how much I hate the daughter. So shout out to Nathan for giving me this idea. So, um, but anyways, 
like they they tried they really did we've been hearing for years that you know otani like the the dodgers were saving money for otani so initially i think it was kind of a given that he was going to go there uh credit to ross atkins and you know shapiro for really like making this almost happen it was cool that experience like being in uh, the otani sweepstakes and stuff like that and you know refreshing uh social media every couple minutes but uh it just i guess it wasn't meant to be and uh you know Kind of in a way, maybe this works out down the road because I don't think this team truly is one piece away. I think they're a couple pieces away. They're not a perfect team by any means. So, yes, adding a general a generational player in Shohei Otani would have been a, like a massive benefit, but still, they they're a couple pieces away from being a real contender in my eyes. But you know what? This gives them now the freedom to go out and do so. I don't think they're just one player away. I think they're a couple pieces, like I mentioned, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. So, yeah, this is kind of like the. Well, first off, have fun being on the Padre, Padres bandwagon hey, when they the Padres, declare the, bankruptcy in We have two a Guardians weeks. hat and a Padres uh, jersey. Hey, hey this is not fandom. This is just appreciation of the logo. Let no, me okay, This let me is make appreciating the team that's in their division because I can't stand the Dodgers. Because look look at the, the, the money they just threw at Shohei. It's a joke. We have teams. In no, the I, I agree. But you know, it, it doesn't now. feel like the same league. Look at the Pirates, like well, the, the Oakland Athletics. It's not the same league anymore. It feels like we have a, a top half of the league and then a bottom half. It's like a quadruple, triple A here between the Pirates and the Orioles. Like I, the Orioles, good for them for rebuilding and uh, their their prospects came up, hit it off. But the other teams, like, are we going to see the Pirates really make a run here? No. It's and if they do so, it's going to be a one year, two year thing. So they're spending it's disgusting. <laughs> Every other team, or sorry, league in North American sports has some kind of cap structure. There's none in baseball. No, no, no. no. We don't need don't a cap care. in baseball. There There's a floor. Some. You need there a needs... floor. 100%. It's not the Dodgers' 100%. fault for spending this much money. No, there needs it's, to be a The Pirates should be spending kind of more money. The, the Dodgers and the Pirates no. are in the same league. That That's the end. Hey, no. I'm rooting for the Pirates too. Good. I hope they have success. You know, Moneyball, great movie, great story. Billy Bean. Yeah, but... Tellez. Like <laughs> Shohei Otani versus Rowdy Telez in big off-season acquisitions, and you're telling me there's no need for a cap mark? Come on, uh, okay. A well, it'll never be no. agreed to. A floor, yeah, sure. Don't want a cap. I think we need both just to Thank kind of you. cover the Thank middle you, ground. Jacob. There needs to be a floor. There needs to be a cap because, like, don't get me wrong. I think the way the NHL does their their cap is kind of stupid. There's no way that Austin Matthews should make Here we go. uh you know it's as much as he mistake, does. Worst mistake the players did was agree to a cap for the NHL. No, but at the same time, it also it, it let's be honest, it wouldn't be fun if I mean it would be fun if as a Leaf fan they signed Jack Eichel and all these players like if they just stacked their team completely. But at the same time, is it really fun for the rest of the league? No. That being said, there needs to be a That's little bit of why you get an order that wants to win. It's that simple. Yeah. No, but that being said, I, like well, it's all like I, mean, I, I feel to play for, devil's advocate. You, know, you get a you get an owner with the Padres, uh, rest in peace, an owner that wants to win, and then now they're going bankrupt in a month probably um, with you know all the Soto and the Tatis stuff. But anyways, to get back on track here with Otani, <laughs> I mean. Yes, like the Blue Jays can direct that money elsewhere. Will they still end up spending $700 million this offseason? Of course not. Of course not. They're not. But there is sort of like a five stages of grief here where at first you're like, okay, maybe he fails the physical and Otani will be back on the market. And then you're like, okay, well, now it's just anger and I'm mad at the Dodgers. And then you're kind of disappointed that they didn't sign him. And you're eventually you reach the point of acceptance where you go, you know what, we didn't want this guy anyways. His health is sketchy. He's his contract is going to be an albatross in four years. Like, 
eventually you get to a point where you accept it. I think that's where we are now, especially when you consider the fact that, look, if you believe Jeff Passon's reporting every team in the in the final, uh, the Giants, the Blue Jays, and the Dodgers all offered the same deal. And he just chose to go to the Dodgers. So when you get, it's like you just raise your hands and there's nothing more the Blue Jays could have done. Could they have offered an extra 50 million or 100 million to get him to come here? Like maybe. Would that have motivated Otani, who in the past hasn't been motivated by money, left $100 million on the table when he transferred to North America at age 23 instead of 25? Like, I don't know if an extra $100 million would have made a difference for him, especially when he's making $50 million a year in sponsorship. So, I don't know. It, it's kind of at the point where you throw up your hands and say, this guy wanted to be a Dodger. The Blue Jays tried. That's all you can do at this point. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, this was Otani's choice, so move on. Let's get Marcus Stroman. Let's get Cody Bellinger. Let's get <laughs> Matt Chapman. Let, uh, let's do something. Cause it, like, With all due respect, you could move on, not me. I can't stand the Dodgers. Bryson knows I've hated them for, like, years, so this just cemented it now. Like, that's the reason I'm joining the Padres is because I cannot stand that team. I cannot stand any of their players, especially like the Freedman, the Freeman stuff last year. And then now this year, the show, it's just, I can't stand that team. So I'm hoping uh, the Padres, you know, uh, make them suffer this year. But you, you know what would be funny is if the Dodgers don't win a single World Series in the next 10 years. Well, that's usually what that. happens. I would love yeah. that. Hey, hey, <laughs> whatever you think. As long as they just... I just can't stand well, him, so yeah. Let's just... It definitely it, it allowed them to go and get Tyler Glass now and extend him. Oh, um, so that, that adds oh. to the that adds to the problem with that. But I guess oh, from a Blue man. Jays perspective, that's a good thing. He's out of the division, thank God. But I mean, Tampa Bay produces pitchers like that, like like it's like they're eating breakfast. So that's the other scary part is that there's just tons of more in that organization. But I mean, to get Glassnow out of there, of course. Not complaining as a Blue Jays fan, but I mean, it just added to the Dodgers thing. It, it allowed them to do that and get Tyler Glass now and possibly go after Yamamoto and other people. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there is a clause in Shohei Otani's contract, according yes, to Tom Verducci, yeah. Sports Illustrated, that, well, yes, the opt out, but I'm like, they have to, they are contractually obligated now to build a winning team around Shohei Otani. They have to build a competitive team around this guy. So they're not stopping at Tyler Glasnow or Yamamoto. Like, they are going to continue to do this. So I guess that's bad news for you, Josh. Um, yeah, so I that... guess I just stop watching baseball now? Or, like, do I go watch, like, AAA full-time? Or just accept this is the way the baseball works. And, like, the Dodgers have won one World Series in the last 10 years despite winning the division every year. So, like, I don't know. You might hate to see them in the regular season, but... Come the postseason, you're going to enjoy watching them fail. So I guess that's your kind of silver that's lining. That's what I have to that... root for as a fan is I have to watch the sport to hope some team fails in the playoffs. What? They, you don't have to hope. They always fail. They have 10 times out of the last 10. So, I mean, nine times out of the last 10, I guess, except for the Mickey Mouse. I'll give you that. But see, what I don't get is why Otani said he wants a winning team. I'm not saying the Blue Jays have been a winning team, uh, especially in the playoffs, but I, I'm – I'm shocked that he's like, I want a winning team, but let's go to the team that can't win a single thing other than a World Series when you played a 60 game. Well, season. on paper, I mean, they're always yeah. up there, right? Let's like, move on. Let's. Move. I can't stand this team. Move on. Move if it on. if it was all paper, then the Blue <laughs> okay. Jays would have won in 2021 Jacob and 2015. Uh, Anyways, let, okay, we'll we'll move on. Let's go back uh, to Toronto. To, where it's happy and it's to, fun. It's a, it's okay. a sensitive, sensitive. Yeah, back topic. to Toronto where Marcus Stroman was. 
this oh, past week. He posted a photo on his Instagram story of the CN Tower uh, looking very nice with the cloud passing in front of the CN Tower. Um, the cool other photo. names that the Blue Jays... It, it was very <laughs> cool. The other names that the Blue Jays are involved with, who they may move on to now that Shohei Otani is out of the conversation. Let me remind you, the Blue Jays have spent $0 in free agency this offseason. Uh, Major League free agency, that is. Um, so... The Blue Jays have been rumored to be involved with Cody Bellinger, Christian Yelich, Marcus Stroman, uh, at least from his Instagram, Jorge Soler, and uh, the guy we were mentioning, Yamamoto. They've been mentioned in all of those conversations. Uh, let's just go one by one, I guess. I think Bellinger is the one that they were most prominently featured in. It was Bob Nightingale, I believe, who reported that they are favorites now for Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger's contract is really interesting because he's a guy who's been a roller coaster as you point out Bryson he's been up and down like crazy and yet his agent Scott Boris is trying or at least we've heard he wants to get a 200 million dollar plus contract for uh, a guy who hasn't been consistent at all over the past few years so I guess to start things there is he worth the potential money do you want Cody Bellinger to be a Blue Jay or would you rather they pass on someone who has been so volatile in past years. Well, I'd love for him to be a Blue Jay, but at two hundred million, like, no disrespect, but I'd rather give that money to Matt Chapman. Like, whoa, 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 what? Okay, I know it's a very different position. Million? No, 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 I'm not. I don't. Two hundred million is too much, but if I'm going to spend that much, it's definitely not going to be on Cody Bellinger. Like, it's just it's way too much money. And or your money would be going to a guy that like can't hit that we saw like consecutively all summer just repeatedly miss the ball. That's my point. Is like if there's no way I'm giving it to Cody Bellinger, I'd well okay first of all I wouldn't give Matt Chapman two hundred million. I'd give him less. But you get my point. If I'm going to spend, it's not going to be on Cody Bellinger at all. So. It's tough because I would like to see him, but the contract that I had written down is uh, nothing compared to what I think. He what was is. it? Well, here's the thing: if he wants two hundred million, I just I don't understand where he's getting this from because I'm thinking like three years, four years max is what anybody would be willing to give him. Like I don't think he accepts that, but at, at, from a team risk perspective, I don't know what else you do. And then I think he can get a longer contract. He's 28 years old. I think he's going to uh, get it too. I, I think it's a I six, there. seven, maybe yeah, six or seven year contract. But I think the issue is the money, how much team wants to give a guy who has not been consistent. Yeah. Well, the, true. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Jacob, finish off. No, I was going to say like, okay, so you give him that, but then what do you give him? You know, if he wants 200 million, I mean, 20 million times six years, only 120. So it's like, does he accept that? I don't know. That That's what's tough is, uh, you know, yeah, Mm-hmm. It's just like he's. I think he is going to get it. I'm not saying it's going to be here. It's and also like we. This is something that we've hinted on throughout the year too. Is that the the class is very weak. It you know it was Otani and then it was Soto of course the, through the trade market and then there's just a different level in terms of who was left over. With all due respect to all those players, but I mean in situations in the past where it has been like that, people like this get overpaid and that's the truth. I don't know if the Blue Jays do it. Would I feel comfortable about it? You know, there's a lot of potential for it to be a disaster by year three, year four. But I mean, of course, looking at the bright side of Cody Bellinger, I mean, he coming off a very good season with the Cubs. But the problem has been the inconsistencies. I mean, you know, nobody's doubt, nobody's doubting how he started off his career the first couple of years, and then of course, pretty much after uh, 2020, 2021, and 22 uh, were terrible in terms of his production, especially uh, at the plate with power. And that's the one thing that this lineup needs. So. 
you know, again, I don't know if I'm comfortable with 200 million, but it's I wouldn't possibly rule it out, especially with the reports. And I know the Blue Jays love to be finalists, so I'm not completely gonna, you know, go overboard with this. But according to Bob Nightingale, they are the current favorites for him. That could definitely change. And I know he's a Scott Boris client. Scott Boris loves to get his clients paid. The market's weak. It's you know he, they're gonna get overpaid. Um, he's gonna get it. I just don't know if it's gonna be here. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with that though. I don't think so. Well, here's the thing. Like when you look at free agency, like there's a high chance oftentimes that these players get overpaid. That's just how it is because they have the leverage. They could pick where they want to go. So when you kind of look at it from that perspective, to me, I'm kind of on the table with, I know it's going to be a hefty contract. There is tons of risk, but we've heard Blue Jays management talk that they have this two-year window kind of in mind that they want to win now. So if we can add a guy like Cody Bellinger, who, we know should probably strive at that new Rogers center with the renovations that we thought would happen last year, which did not happen at all. Um, we love renovations. Yeah. But you know, like I could see him having a good year. I could see him being successful here. Uh, like Bryson said, there's a bit of inconsistencies there for sure, but I think that's a guy that it kind of like, there needs to be change here. Like I've talked about it before. There's, there's just been so much disappointment with this group and you know what? It's not fair to the fans. They need something, you know, like a reason to go to the ballpark and they've been tied to every single big name possible. Even Jose Ramirez last year or the year before, whatever. And, you know, it's just been constant disappointment, like player after player. And you know what? Soto's gone now. So this team needs to do something. And Bellinger right now, looking on paper, is probably the best guy to get on the free agency market. Jorge Soler, I'm, I'm on the fence. Hey, I'm a power guy. I would love to add a power bat to the lineup, and he certainly brings that. But then you kind of question the defense and the Blue Jays' offseason last year. And then if I have, in my eyes, if I have management going from prioritizing defense to going to, to do the exact opposite thing the following year, it just kind of seems weird to me that management is changing their philosophy there. I don't like that, so... Uh, I think Cody Bellinger would be uh, my pick if I had to pick somebody right now in free agency. I would be fine with the front office changing their philosophy because clearly the philosophy did not work last season. Sure, like we saw they right kind on. of overemphasized the run prevention and they did not consider enough the offensive contribution. Or at least they like, if it's a pendulum, they lean too much in one direction 100%. and not enough in the other. See, it's um, almost like so they prevented I, their own runs, not the other team's runs. <laughs> no, but like, so see, like, I, like Continue, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm I'm fine with them adjusting their internal formula or internal approach or however we, you want to say it. Uh, when it comes to Cody Bellinger, I I don't know. Like, I think this money and this effort is better spent elsewhere. Like, another guy we're going to talk about is Christian Yelich. I feel like he is a more consistent, realistic, dependable guy to add to your lineup than... Someone like Cody Bellinger. I would love that. Like, he's he checks all the boxes for the Blue Jays, but the fact that he had an 81 OPS plus in 2022, a 44 OPS plus in 2021, uh, and then he was, like, slightly better than average in 2020, 112 OPS plus. Like, those are the last three seasons for him outside of this past season when he was at 133 with the Cubs. It's like, I don't know if you really should be spending $200 million. And I think he will get $200 million somewhere. Some team is going to offer him, what's the math, $40 million over six years? Is that, that works out? Or $30 million over, what, seven, eight years? That works out? Like, I think some team is going to offer him that amount of money. Um, I I don't think it should be the Blue Jays. I think it'd be uh, potentially disastrous consequences in how that contract plays out. It could work out. It could. I just think the risk is 
too high for a team like the Blue Jays. Um, and I think, to be honest, if you're spending that much money over the next six, seven years on someone not named Shohei Otani, it's better spent on an extension to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., an extension to Bo Bichette. Um, I think there's kind of three different classes we're talking about here. There's Shohei Otani money, there is like the B-list free agent, the Cody Bellinger money, and then there's the C-list free agent, the Matt Chapman money, the, I don't know, you could, I guess you could put Stroman in that class. Like those are kind of the, the classes that I see, and I think they should be very willing and able and ready to spend C-level free agent money. I think Bellinger might belong in the C class, but he's going to get B-level money, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't think fair. the Jays should be I, I like that. that. Yeah, the market, like Bryson said, it's just, it's not, it's not a year for free agents. Um, but going back to what I said about the philosophy, I just, if you're going to change for like, they went all in on defense last year and it panned out to a certain extent, right? Like, you know, they did, they did have a good year defensively, but it hurt the offense, which, you know, you could kind of see it coming and everyone, I think it got kind of wrapped up between the renovations of Roger center. Everybody kind of thought, you know, yeah, they're prioritizing defense, but they're going to hit home runs and stuff no matter what, because of the smaller, uh, structure in Roger center. But like if you're going to change your philosophy as a general manager or, you know, any kind of sport here that much to me, I think, why wouldn't you just, you know, get a new brain in that position to kind of work with it? Cause if it didn't work before and now you're changing it completely, it just kind of confuses me. Like what path are we going with this team? And, you know, to me, to win in baseball, you got to have a mix of everything. You got to play good defense. You got to have power. You got to have contact guys. You got to have speed and you got to have arms to pitch. So to me, like switching back and forth, I, I'm just confused as to what direction we're heading in here. If that makes sense, Mark. I think I'm fine with a free with a, a front office recognizing that they made a mistake one year and fixing it the next. Like I don't think that's a indication of the ability of a front office. I don't think it means Ross Atkins is a terrible GM. I think it just means they tried something. They saw a problem in 2021 with run prevention. They tried to fix it in 2020 or sorry 2022. With run prevention, they tried to fix it in 2023, and they swung too far the other direction. And now they realize, okay, we really need to make sure. I I don't know. I'm okay with the GM learning from his mistakes. I guess for sure is for the way sure. to put it. But there has like there has to be the direction here. I just I just don't know what direction we're heading in. Like these aren't like you know like big time names like Soler or whatever, like Bellinger. Yeah. They're going to help. But like, where are we going from here? Like to me, there's been so much disappointment. We've been talking about, you know, deep playoff runs for years now with Bo and Guerrero and the new guys coming in. And it's just been disappointment. It's been disappointment year after year. And, you know, I, I'm kind of annoyed with that. And to be changing philosophies now this late in their tenor, it's not like they just hired these guys and Hey, I agree. I love the the learning aspect. You know, I love to see that they're trying. But to me, I'm just confused to where we're going. So how this offseason goes from here is going to determine a lot for me moving forward. But see, sure. I can't even fully be mad at Ross Atkins because you look at, you know, the the, the offense was just clearly a weak point of this team last year. But George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette to some extent, Matt Chapman, Dalton Varsho. I'm not saying that we can expect a lot out of those last two, but... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No, no, but those first three, like Springer, Bichette, Guerrero... Those three had down seasons, like Bichette, not as much, but still like these were not good seasons out of your, you, you know, the typically good players. And so I like, yeah, it's a combination of you get rid of a power hitter of, of Hernandez. You don't bring back Simeon two years ago, but at the same time, your star players need to be your star players. And we've seen that in Toronto uh, among every single sport, unfortunately, but 
at the end of the day, yes, I think this GM needs to be better. Uh, or I wouldn't even say better. I think he needs to 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 very carefully craft this team around the star players. But at the same time, these star players need to perform. Yeah, the, to end it off before uh, we move on. For me, no matter what the philosophy is, I think, first of all, I do think that it's so I think there's a direction if they find if they find balance in terms of that because if they get these if some of these guys you know you mentioned it too Mark Yelich I don't know who it's going to be but if they get one of these guys they still have the run prevention there so that's why I think that they can definitely lean towards more of a middle a middle ground of course you still have Varsho and everything like that he's an investment long term he's under team control so if they can find a good sense of balance there, I think there's a decent direction with this team. But, I mean, for me, it starts off with the big boys. It starts off with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's face it, no matter what philosophy you have, hitting ground balls every at-bat is not going to cut it for this team. And that's exactly what it felt like most of the at-bats were this year, unfortunately, because the power was down. He had a very good start. It was down. It was up and down. And we haven't seen the same Vladdy from 2021 still. And a lot of us were hoping that 2023 was going to be the year he bounced back. That was not the case in terms of signs of promise early on. Of course, there's still time that he can figure this out. But I do think that a large portion of this relies on him as much as this is who he was supposed to be. This is the guy that we talked about in terms of somebody who's supposed to be a game changer and take things over. You look at Atlanta with Ronald Acuna, it's not even close in terms of the level that he's at compared to Vladdy right now. And Vladdy needs to get to that level because that's what we've been talking about. Of course, that's going to be a massive boost. There's still holes on this team. But for me, you know, I think there's and I'm sure there is accountability there. I'm not saying there isn't. I just think that a lot of the downfall, as much as it may not be fair to Vladdy if he doesn't believe that, I think it starts with him just based off performance. I know Bichette was the most consistent hitter. George Springer had a down year as well. It was up and down. They need more from him as much as he is on the decline. But they got to find. A, I think they got to find a balance in terms of adding power back to the lineup. And while keep, they can keep the run prevention, they need players like this that are going to boost the middle of the order because that's what they're missing right now. And then there's holes at third base. What's going to go on with Chapman? There's second base. And then, of course, maybe adding another outfielder wouldn't do any, you know, would definitely help as well to get that power back and keep that run prevention. 100%. I love the way you describe that, that accurate. That's kind of like me. Just got to find that sweet spot between, yes, they're not going to be, just adding solar doesn't make them a bad defensive team. I just want to see more power here i want this team to be fun again remember how fun that team was in 2021 right where you watch every at bat had a chance to you know that was their best team yeah it was electric right like you wanted to go to this you wanted to go to rogers and watch that team to me these last couple of years it's slowly fizzled out and uh yeah i just want this team to be exciting again i think the fans deserve it and i think that there's talent here i believe in this group i believe in guerrero bichette you know i, I love what they got going here we just need to iron out all the kinks and i think this team will be rolling with that in mind, let's check off some of these other names quickly and discuss them. Um, I guess we can start with Christian Yelich. Yes or no, would you like to see him in a Blue Jay uniform? Jake, you, you go first because I know you have an interesting take here. Well, no, I was going to, like, uh, I think my opinion's a little bit different than the last time we discussed this, but... Oh, okay, um, we changed it. Well, I'd, I'd love to see him. I just, I don't know how likely it is considering it is a trade I, I i think that it makes more sense to spend some money than it does uh to trade for him yes he's under contract till i think it's 2028 so like it does kind of solidify your outfield for the next couple of seasons but or i guess multiple more than a couple but i would like to see a signing um instead of christian yelich interesting to me like i don't know like man like i said earlier 
management said they have this two-year window. So to me, it's about maximizing this window to for this team to succeed. And I think a guy like Yelich, and I had my article that I wrote about is, you know, he brings some pop to this lineup. He brings some versatility. He's still got speed. I think he stole, uh, what was it? Yeah, so at 28 bases last year, was it or something? You know, he's got, like I said, that pop from the left-handed side to add to this order. Yes, he's 32 years old. Uh, but, you know, it is a long-term contract, as you mentioned, Cock, until 2020 with an option for 2029. So it, it's going to be quite the, I say, long-term investment. But again, I'm not worried about down the road, what's going to happen in 2026 or whatever. I'm worried about this team right now in this window while we have the talent that we have. Because like I said, this team has failed in back-to-back postseasons. The Seattle series was a joke. And last year was a disappointment as well. I think it's time that, you know, this team starts making some real moves, pushing in their chips. And they, they've they done that to Ross's credit. They've really made some moves. They've got aggressive. But I think a guy like Yelich to come here um, and just kind of that upside still there, right? Like we, we don't know um, really like if he could get back to that form that we saw a couple years ago or, you know, it's been a long time since he's been on an All-Star game. But still, he's still got that inside of him. And he doesn't need to be that guy here in Toronto. He just has to be a serviceable player, a good player for the Blue Jays. And hopefully, like Bryson said, Vladdy could step up to his role as we've expected. And same with the other guys like Bo Bichette and stuff. But to me, I think Yelich would be an interesting investment. And I think that's a guy that I think would drive a lot of the fan base's attention back. And I think that, you know, not only is he a big name guy, but I think he also plays uh, well when the pressure's on. And, uh, you know, I think his numbers have kind of taken a hit because that Milwaukee lineup isn't as loaded as the lineup here in Toronto. And he can kind of be protected a little more in a batting order that has Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and George Springer as well. So I think that's going to kind of, draw up his offensive numbers. And I think uh, that kind of pop from the left-handed side would be uh, some good numbers at Roger center. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. Um, it. Again, it's the question of what yellow are you getting? I think there were signs of it though last year. I mean, for the first time since 2019, he finally, you know, he hit, he hit almost 20 home runs and as much as the OPS plus has been up, shout out to Mark's favorite stat. It has remained up over the last couple of years. The power has gone down in terms of the home runs and it's kind of a bizarre I, I remember I said it to you guys last time. It just it was weird because it felt like the decline, it was just a little too early for him to decline that quick. So I don't know what it was, but of course, the, the way his 2023 ended, I think it started off so from what I remember, but the way it ended, it actually was pretty promising. And I know his OPS was up as well for the first time since 2019 as well. It was up over 800 for the first time. So there is promise there. The, the Brewers seem to be motivated that they have to unload some money too. I know him and Burns, or with you know among con- or trade negotiations and trade rumors throughout the organization, so that's going to be interesting to see um, how motivated they truly are, though. And of course, you guys mentioned it; he's under control until twenty twenty nine. So you're already taking on an existing contract. I don't know how much you take on, but you know, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely not opposed to the the interest there for Yelich. I'm just worried that if it goes sour, that you're stuck with uh, another. Uh, longer contract with a player that's not performing because if you're if your goal is to win now uh and it doesn't go well you then have springer who's on the decline guerrero hopefully figures his stuff out varsho needs to figure his stuff out matt chapman or i mean the whole hole at third base you know you got somebody that you have to figure out like there's too many question marks i think to win now if you have yelich not saying it wouldn't work but it just i'd worry that if it doesn't work you're stuck with him for a long time that's fair i think that's fair but like I said, I think right now you you have to be prioritizing winning with this group uh, in these next couple seasons. 
I think this team's in a good spot to do so. But like I said, I'm not worried about down the road and what's going to happen with those contracts. I'm worried about next season and the year after that right now. That's my priority, at least. The the fact that he is 32 and he has five years left on, left on his contract. That's what I mean. It's going to 26, yeah. 27, 28. That, is, that part does worry me a little bit. So I'm with Jacob on that. And you have to think about that when you're acquiring someone. But... Yeah, I think it'd be a good acquisition, as much as it's tough to tell what you give up for players and trades. Um, well, because okay. he's got that contract, right? Like, I think, like, Milwaukee's not going to be asking for, like, high-end value back. They just signed Jackson Chiro, was it, right, to uh, a pretty big contract. So I think his spot's going to be uh, taken in the outfield. So I think he's kind of – they're not going to play my first base, I think I read. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see his situation. And remember, Milwaukee does have some other names there. Willie Adam Mays, could they do a duo trade? Would that interest you then? No. No? <laughs> I think at that point we're talking about too much prospect capital that the Blue Jays don't want to spend. Fair, fair. Um, okay, the next name on our list is Marcus Stroman. I think this one's pretty quick. Uh not only do some of us not want to see him in a Blue Jay uniform, a lot of us don't think it's going to happen. He has connections to Toronto. He was in Toronto. That happens. He has the city tattooed to his body. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like he's a fun guy, but like he's here every offseason. Like to me, I didn't get the spark on like social media. Like to me, we know guys come back here they, when they enjoy it. And I thought, you know, that was just a cool picture. Like, hey, if I was playing somewhere else in the MLB and I came home for a bit and I took a photo like that, I'd post it. I don't care. I just think that that was like the speculation uh, heads just trying to have fun. No, yeah, that uh, I think it's just the whole speculation. Blue Jays fan base is kind of in shambles after that whole plane watch situation. But no, I mean, yeah, there, we're down bad. Yeah, there's, geez, there's, I don't think that there's any reason for uh, Stroman to come to the Blue Jays. Not saying that he wouldn't be open to it, but like you already have a full rotation. I think it's fair to say, and for the next couple of seasons, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, at least. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for for that because of the contracts they have. So, yeah, I'm a quick no on that either. I just that, that's not what that's not what they need. That's not what they need right now. The pitching's good enough uh, in terms of the starting rotation. They got to prioritize, of course, always improving to the bullpen and what we were talking about earlier with power and offense and the lineup. Yeah, the fit just doesn't make sense. Okay, uh, Jorge Soler. Yes or no? Will he be a Blue Jay? Do you want to see him be a Blue Jay? No. Oh, very oh, quick, but no, oh. I don't. I, Explain. That was quick. Go. I just, I don't, I don't. That was like again, right I, off I, the I top. You must really, <laughs> like what's what's turning you down so much from this idea? No, it's just I think that there's better options out there. There's like I just I don't see it. Better option. Uh, I just it's a weak well, class. We, yeah, where are these? Well, options? no, fair enough. I, I can't just see we, them. no. Well, we've seen other or we've talked about other names throughout this. I would prefer somebody like Cody Bellinger. Uh, I'd prefer somebody like Christian Yelich. Um, yeah, but I know I because you just said you didn't want to trade for Yelich because you'd rather sign a guy. But now you're telling me that you'd rather trade for a guy than, than sign the second best option, arguably, for an offensive bat with some power. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, in terms of just raw acquisition, like, get this player on the team, he'd be, like, lowest on my okay. uh, on my priority list. Understandable. Bryson? Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to it either. I just there hasn't been a lot of buzz with that, so I don't know how high it is on I guess the Blue Jays priority uh list. Of course, I guess he's technically another outfielder that I was talking about that could add with power. It's just they that's what they need is they need power and they need more home home runs again. So depending on how it all plays out, I don't think he's plan A. I think it's more it feels like a, they're 
there's more of a focus on Bellinger and then who knows how tr- or how much on Yelich, but I think there is something there from what we've been hearing. So I don't necessarily think of it as a plan A, but if ever, if it ever comes down to it, I am not opposed to it. Yeah, like he, he checks off the boxes that I want to see, like power. And the defense is certainly questionable. So I think that might drive away management's point of view. But like I said, he, he's got the pop in his bat. I would like to and insert any kind of power you want to this Jays lineup. Make them fun again. Give them a chance to hit the long ball because I think that's what this team needs. So if, if you could give me a guy that can hit home runs, that has power in his bat, I'm in. So Sorlaire, I'm not sure. Do it. Like at this point, I, I like Posa said, we're down bad. So whatever you want to add here, go ahead. As long as he can hit over the fence, I'm good. Solaire has power, but I'm not convinced that power is going to continue. He's 31. He had 36 home runs last season, but 2020 he had 13 home runs. So like, I, and again, it was only set, it was only 72 games, uh, but like 2021, 149 games, he had 27 home runs. So like, it's good, but what are you losing on the defensive side? that you're costing for that much power when you might not be getting that much power in the first place. So I, but I like the idea. I want the power somewhere. He's a good way to get it. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. I don't have an answer either way on him. The last one, uh, I guess whether we think it's going to happen or not is just Yamamoto. Um, I think, no, it's not going to happen. The Jays seem to be involved, but it really seems like the Mets are making a really, really strong push. He had dinner at Steve Cohen's house. Uh, and Steve Cohen's like a multi-billionaire. So no, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I agree, Mark. I think uh, he's. I think the Mets are probably the favorite as well. Um, but it would it would be cool. Hey, like I said, I, I'm. I, they haven't made a transaction yet, really, to the MLB roster. So at this point, I'm willing to get anybody. But I, like you said, I think the Mets uh, are in a pretty good spot to land him. Yeah, I just I don't see it very likely. Like again, talking same thing with Stroman. I'm not saying that you wouldn't uh, benefit from having this extra type of pitcher, but you don't need it. You, it's just at the end of the day, you really you do not need starting pitching right now. It seems like um, it just feels like it'll be either one of the New York teams or Josh's Dodgers. And I know the Cubs have been kind of involved or not with the talks. Like we haven't. Yeah, I'm sure they're keeping tabs on it. I just yeah. I mean, I mean of course, the fit would be great. I mean, you can insert him anywhere based on how good uh, the pitching or how good people say he is in terms of pitching. And he's done very good, of course, overseas. But yeah, I just I'm, I'm not getting enough. I don't. I just don't think there's enough noise there. But I, I guess I could be wrong. But I, I still think that he's poised for one of the New York teams or California. Anywhere but the Dodgers. Actually, not in New York Yankees either. But no Dodgers, no Yankees. Go to the Mets. Have fun. Have fun. The Mets would be fun. Have fun wearing the orange and blue. Go play for Cohen. Mets would be fun. Um. Okay. I think the only other kind of housekeeping thing to keep tabs on is the Blue Jays officially have a date to receive a City Connect jersey. May 6th, 2024. Uh, we'll see what it is. I'm very excited for it. It should be fun. Uh, we've been waiting quite a few years. I guess it started 2021 when we first saw the kind of first City Connect jerseys trickle out. So we've been waiting quite a while for the Blue Jays to get theirs. And we finally are going to get a taste of it on May 6th. So we're excited for that. Uh, besides that, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for Josh joining us for the first episode and uh, hopefully it's the first of many more to come as always you can find everything to do with our podcast links are below this episode we've got stuff on twitter instagram we're all over social media follow us there at section 138 pod we will catch you after the next episode enjoy the holiday